0: Alright, good morning everybody. How are we doing? Uh, today we're going to start be starting a seven week series on this book called Respectable Sins by Cherry Bridges. Uh, our hope is uh, that as we go through this series, uh, we'll, we'll be able to recognize our standing with Christ and our struggle with sin, especially the particularly subtle sins um, that can permeate our lives. So, uh, before we begin, let's start with some prayer and hop right into it. Father God, we thank you for the saving work that you've accomplished through your Son. And we pray that you continue to sanctify us, uh, both as individuals and as a church body. Help us to see our sin clearly and to be repulsed by it as you are. Help us to lean heavily on your saving grace and your sanctifying spirit to resist temptation. Help us to recognize our role and responsibility in battling our sin. Thank you for your precious word that gives us instruction and wisdom. And be with me today as I lead this lesson. Help me to trust fully in you and not my own strength. We pray all this in your precious name. Amen. Uh, A quick rhetorical question. Are there any respectable sins? course not right there's no such thing as a respectable sin Um, all sin is offensive to God and somehow uh, we kind of do this leveling of sin right we have a levels of sin there's really really bad sins like murder and theft and all sorts of things like that that send us to prison everybody knows they're bad and then there's a bunch of sins that we kind of like make less of and make lighter and those we might call uh, respectable sins so what do we mean anybody want to any idea like how we would define what is a respectable sin or examples of respectable sins anybody want to chime in there what's that a white lie lie. good Mm -hmm. What else right (laughs) it's a lesser lie it's not hurting anybody so supposedly half truths <laughs> crude language crude language I'll let Zach handle that anything else Ang- anger anger Righteous anger. Anything else? So good. All right. Well, um, I kind of this book kind of defines respectable sin uh, as those sins that we kind of just tolerate in our lives. Uh, these are sins that, if we listed them, we'd know we we could say, yeah, uh, that's sin. We shouldn't do that. Uh, but in reality, we're really likely to just kind of let it kind of sit in our lives and fester in our lives. The problem is, of course, that um, sin is sin. Sin is like cancer. If you let a little, tiny, respectable sin fester, you're, you're still permeated with cancer, and it's going to carry on its wicked work in you. So sin is sin, and uh, we must work ourselves to get rid of it, even these Uh, subtle sins, these respectable sins that we seem to want to tolerate. So um, we should uh, always be willing to address these sins, uh, rely on this power of the Holy Spirit to work in us, to sanctify us. We've got to recognize that we we play a part um, to be consciously aware of them and to battle them. Uh, We should Identify specific sins that we struggle with. This is true for all sin, but particularly for these subtle types of sin, we should be aware and what, what do I struggle with and what do I need to battle. We should find uh, scripture that applies to that particular sin for ourselves and memorize that and meditate on that so we can battle uh, better. We should cultivate a practice of prayer and uh, we should also involve the, our fellow believers, uh, the church body, in holding us accountable and confessing and uh, what, what are we struggling with and how are we going to deal with it. So All of these things can be true of all sins, of course, uh, but uh, we can uh, want to use it specifically to, for these subtle, respectable sins. Today we're going to um, be focusing on two of these respectable sins, Uh, ungodliness and unthankfulness Uh, but throughout the series we're going to be doing uh, Well, I'll go through the outline of the whole series, it's on the back of your uh, notes there Uh, today we'll do ungodliness and unthankfulness next week, anxiety, frustration and discontentment Uh, the 28th we'll do pride and selfishness the 4th of June lack of self control envy, jealousy and other related sins uh, the 11th, impatience, irritability, and anger. The 18th, judgmentalism, and the son, sins of the tongue. And finally, we'll close off with worldliness on the 25th. So we're going to focus uh, specifically on these little, these little, little, little sins, these subtle sins, these respectable sins, uh, each each week, and we'll try to look at some appropriate scriptures and just discuss that a little bit. All right, so where was I? I stepped off my notes already and messed myself up. Okay, so we're like I said, we're going to identify, we're going to talk about ungodliness and unthankfulness, two sins. And what we name, we're going to say, "I don't want to be doing those things. Thank you. I'm just that's you know they're they're the wrong. I shouldn't be doing them." Uh, But they are very common, to be honest, and we probably are all doing that a little bit, uh, which is way too much. Uh, So we're going to discuss what they are and some appropriate scriptures that we can apply and some specific ways we can pray for the Holy Spirit to work in us to combat, combat these sins in our daily lives. So the author, Jerry Bridges, argues that the first sin, ungodliness, is actually the root, Like the root sin of all root sins. Uh, Typically, we might think the pride. Typically, we think like pride is that that the sin he creates a word picture in which ungodliness is the roots, pride is the trunk, and all of our sins kind of spread out from that. Can I have uh, a volunteer to read Romans chapter one verse eighteen? Thanks, Jeff.
1: The wrath of God is being revealed to heaven against all the godliness
0: and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So obviously, um, the wrath of God is against you if you're showing ungodliness. So what do we mean by ungodliness? What do you, what do you, you can answer this question for me. What do you think we mean by ungodliness here? Jeff. Well, I would say it's
1: ungodliness, the opposite of godliness, so it's letting your life be controlled by Satan and things that would be undercut godliness.
2: Thank you. Letting your life be
0: controlled by Satan. I'm summarizing. GD, right next. Not showing God-like character. Christy?
3: Going about your day without
0: God being a part of it? Going about your day without God being a part of it? Gentlemen? some things down so I remember what people say <laughs> all right so we kind of um, might only associate the idea of ungodliness with kind of like the things that Chinwei was saying which just the wicked things those out those kind of tend, tend to be the outward things that we see and we can really see them in the world like oh man these people are so ungodly they're you know sleeping around or you know killing people left and right or whatever they're t- they're doing uh, yeah we see that as ungodly but um, Bridges I was going to argue ungodliness is also that that heart attitude that living life kind of without considering God in the, in the equation um, thinking and you know, just moving about our daily lives without even a, like an area thought that God is here and God is part of our lives um, and as Christians, that's probably more of the category we're probably going to be prone to fall into, right? Um, I don't, I don't really often feel like killing people, or you know, that doesn't come into my my brain too often at all, I'm not at all. Uh, <laughs> but um, I do know that I get up in the morning and sit there and don't think about anything for two hours sometimes, and where I could be you know, thinking about God and praying or something along those lines. So we might define godliness as more than just that outward working of sin, but rather that inward attitude of, you know, putting God in, you know, interacting with God and being with God and considering God and thinking about God. Uh, ungodliness may be defined as living one's everyday life with little or no thought of God or God's will or God's glory. Or of one's dependence on God, a person who is ungodly may live as if God is irrelevant in his or her life. So, with that definition in mind, uh, I know I struggle with that sometimes. Do we struggle with this? Most definitely. That's uh, we we as believers are going to struggle with sin. It's gonna it's guaranteed. Some of us go through our whole days as if God didn't exist, sometimes thinking, uh, seldom thinking of our reliance on him or our responsibility to him. Bridges argues that ungodliness is at the root of all sin, including pride, and it makes sense. Pride is the belief that you're better than you are, uh, better than God, but it wouldn't be struggling with, with I wouldn't be struggling with pride, and you wouldn't be struggling with pride if you were considering God all the time, thinking about God in his right place all the time. If he was front-foremost in our minds and thinking, I don't think pride would really come into play because we'd be filled with praise instead. So how can we take and accept responsibility for the sin and address it? Uh, I got three ways here. They all start with P here. The first way we can help ourselves to avoid ungodliness is by planning... With God in mind, can I have a volunteer to read James four thirteen through fifteen? I have these verses listed there, right? So, okay. Thanks, Josh. Joshua. Uh, thirteen to
2: fifteen. Correct. Come now, you who say Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life would be like tomorrow. You are a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that.
0: So what's the problem here? Is it that they were planning to go make a profit in the city? Is that it? Is it? Is that the sinful part? What's the sinful part there?
4: I'm thinking about tomorrow, that God is always there. And I was looking at Romans 1, 21. It says they knew of God, but they didn't glorify him as God.
0: Yeah. Yep. Exactly. They're, that, that verse is going to come up later, too. Uh, so, they're not thinking about God when they're making these plans. They're not taking God into consideration, into these plans. He isn't, James isn't condemning the planning. He's condemning planning that isn't considering and relying on God or what God's will might be. It's okay to make plans. It's wise, and we should. Uh, and, but when we're making those plans, we need to... Talk to God about it. We should answer to God about it. These, we're we're stewards of the gifts that He's given us, and we should be using them how He wants us to be using them. Also, our plans should follow His moral code. God has a set of rules in place for us to follow. If we're like making plans that are directly contradic- contradictory to what He set out for us, we're we're out of His will. So this is two ways we really need to consider when we're planning, uh, God, God, is this is what you want me to do. Like, and you're actively praying for God's will with this situation and God, uh, is this something that your word, uh, is okay with? Uh, is, is, is this something your word allows? Obviously I'm not going to plan on, you know, moving to Portland and starting, a uh, a business where, you know, a murder-for-hire business or something, right? That's against the law. But I'm using something a little silly, but uh, I'm not going to uh, – obviously, I shouldn't be killing people, so I shouldn't start – I shouldn't plan to start a business where that's my main thing. Um, it's a little silly. I mean, you take it down a notch and, like, maybe I shouldn't plan on having a, uh, a business uh, in which I encourage people to get drunk, uh, you know. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I shouldn't be operating a, a, a club or a bar where people are going to get drunk and do stupid things all the time. Uh, maybe that, you know, God's will it for me isn't that club, right? I should be uh, putting my talents and work elsewhere. Okay. Any questions about that so far? Anybody got experience with, um, you know? Uh, Examples of maybe praying and asking God for, you know, helping you with your planning for life. Um, Ways that God's helped you. Yes.
4: Which is still um, helpful. I switched careers without going to the Lord and getting direction. However, his sovereign knowledge of me as being a sinner in that new career, he still blessed me even though I didn't seek him. So he is, his grace is amazing. But what you're teaching, we still
0: need or should go to the Lord first. That's true. And, and I'm glad, I'm really glad that God is gracious like that because we're not going to do this perfectly. And he's going to be, he knows what's best for us. He's still in control too, <laughs> even though we think sometimes he's not. and We're trying to make our plans. Right? God's in control. So that's good. <laughs> Thank you for that. Anybody else? All right. Let's move on. Uh, the next way uh, we can help ourselves to avoid ungodliness is uh, by praying with God in mind. Uh, do you pray? And how do you pray? Uh, do you pray like many people do for God to give you things or for him to bless you? Or or do you pray like with empty thoughts Thoughtless prayers like rote prayer memory. God is great. God is good. We thank Him for our food. Amen. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, or are you praying something a little more? Hopefully, we're praying a little something more meaningful and substantial. Uh, we're talking to God. Can I have a, a different volunteer read Colossians 1 9 through 10? Thanks, Terry.
2: And so, from the day we've heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God.
0: All right, so this is, a, this is an example of a godly prayer in which Paul is praying for the Colossians church, to know more about God, to be filled with the knowledge of God. So he's got a desire that they grow in their knowledge and their faith in God. This is an example of a godly prayer, a God-centered prayer, um, focused on God's will in the church body. Our our prayers should reflect a desire to please God more and show more concern for his will and his glory. Um. There right. are a whole plethora of other uh, prayer passages uh, that we could use as encouragement or even models for how we should pray. Does anybody? Can anybody name some prayers or some examples from, the, from Scripture where uh, we're told how to pray or given some? Yes, I hear some laughter. Maybe, maybe somebody knows something. The Lord's Prayer. That's Matthew chapter 6, right? Uh, very laid out, very good for uh, very easily for us. And it's focused on our Father, uh, glorifying God, and then praying for our needs and helping us to resist temptation. All God centered. Not, give me some stuff. Anybody else? Any other prayer passages? Yes? God's
4: general instruction was to pray according to God's will.
0: Pray according to God's will.
1: In John 15, where Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, and ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. By this all people know you're my disciples. No, no, I'm. <laughs> so that you'll bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples yes. and, and to and it glorifies the Father when you bear much fruit so the idea is that yeah ask whatever you want but the, the understood context of all that is your branches in the vine wanting to bear fruit that glorifies the Father
0: right Good. well we will uh, near the end I'm going to we're going to be praying uh, at the end of the, the lesson so we'll come back to this a little bit um, but yeah, prayer is uh, key. Uh, I know it's an area I personally struggle with uh, finding and taking that time uh, to pray for God's will in my life, and not not just just do the rote things or the quick things, and just to pa- you know just passing. It's kind of disrespectful. Uh, it's just, it's like, this is your father. That you're talking to, uh, this is somebody you should be trying to glorify with your with you, your words and your heart. So, something uh, another way for us to be uh, godly is to <clears throat> to pray. A third way we can help ourselves avoid ungodliness is by uh, pro- productivity with God in mind, uh, working. And doing all things with God in our thoughts. When we work, do we work as somebody with God on our mind, or are we really, uh, are we really any different from our un- unbelieving coworkers? Am I just working for a paycheck? Am I just working for a promotion or the praise of my bosses? Am I at work thinking, or am I at work thinking about how I can use my work to please the Lord? Uh, I'm a, a teacher in high school and I think a lot of my co-workers are um, they are doing good work um, but they're doing good work often and I, I'm not always not in the same boat but often doing good work to hear other people tell them they're doing good work um, they there is a a little bit of a self-righteousness they're, they're trying to be good people and they, they want to you know they love kids and all this kind of stuff and they love, they love, they love that about their job and they want people to know that about them um, I don't mean to make them sound like jerks they're not jerks, they're just not Christians um, I'm a Christian and I'm doing the same job they are I, I can be honest, I do like to hear people, I like when people say you're doing good work, I love that uh, it makes me feel good uh, but that's not why I'm do- doing what I'm doing, and that's not why I should be. What the reason I'm at work? Uh, I should be. There should be something differentiating me between just doing good things for for these kids. Uh, I'm doing it for a different purpose. There should be something differentiating me. So, how does that play out? Uh, I'm going to read. <clears throat> no, I'm going to have somebody else read Colossians three, twenty-two through twenty-four which lucky person would like to read colossians 3 22 through 24 thanks jeff
1: Slayers, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the lord whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the lord not for human masters
0: who am i working for the lord (laughs) uh has anybody ever had a job where where uh you're doing your job and then somebody is not doing their job but when the boss comes around suddenly they're really doing their job it's for the best uh you know it's just you know it's a really it's obvious i think the bosses aren't that dumb i think they know uh but it's pretty obvious uh and it makes you the other co-workers feel mm, bitter. Um, so, <laughs> we're not working for that, that praise. It's nice. It feels good. We're not working for the praise of our boss. Uh, we're working for the praise of God, which should, you know, receive. It should end up showing that the boss should see that you're doing something good, but the whole purpose is to point it back to Christ, to give it to Christ look at God this is what God does in, in a person uh, without God I'd be lazy without God I'd be dishonest without God I'd be and so you get the best worker because I have God <clears throat> what about the other things I do what about spending time free time with my family um, how can I be more godly with my rest activity well let's look at first Corinthians 10:31. So whatever, whatever, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all, all to the glory of God. What are we doing for the glory of God? All, all, everything, right? Um, I thought this was—it's a little like it feels counterintuitive, or maybe I don't know, because because there's some things that we do that are so mundane and like dumb. And maybe not that important to us, but we are, again, trying to glorify God in what we do. So we shouldn't think of it as dumb and mundane. We should think of it as, I want to serve God. I want to please God here. What does it mean to do all to the glory of God? It means when we do anything, we should have two goals in mind. One, we should desire that God be pleased with what we do, and two, we should desire that God is glorified through us by what we do. Jesus said in Matthew that uh, that the world may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Yes.
5: Move on. <clears throat> I thought. Jerry used this term for ungodliness, godlessness, Mm. which I really resonate with. Ungodliness is kind of the, oh, I'm being bad. You know what I mean? You feel like maybe I'm I'm doing something bad. Godlessness is, oh, I didn't think of him at all today. (laughs) And I really love that term, godlessness. It really hits home to me.
0: Godlessness versus... Ungodliness. I'm not judging
5: because hits me more on a practical level.
0: It's fine for me. I'm not stuck on the he word. Used it. I don't know. Uh, um it. He might have used it. I mean uh, the title the title of the chapter is ungodliness Ungodliness, but but I don't know, he might have used it somewhere. <laughs> I will look more carefully, yeah. Any other qu- uh, questions or thoughts about the subject of ungodliness or godlessness? Yeah,
1: Willie, I think has done a good job with our with our boys of trying to work God-oriented vocabulary into ordinary. Like so, when we were putting away our toys before bed, you know, that'll be. This is the good works God's called us to do right now. That can seem like such a mundane thing. You just have to put away. I'll yeah. be like, it's part of owning toys. You got to put them away. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a kind of a godless way of framing it. But but I appreciate that this is the good works God has set before us right now. It's to steward things and have an orderly home, etc. So uh, it it does it elevates very ordinary mundane things to a level of oh this actually matters relative to God. Well, so even using those terminology with kids or with ourselves mm-hmm. I think could be significant.
0: Great that you mentioned training your kids because I was going to ask how can we train ourselves better? Uh, some practical ways that we can train ourselves in in godliness because because First Timothy says train yourself for godliness. How can we do that? So obviously when you're teaching your kids you, you use that language and but how can we as adults start to train ourselves in godliness? What what can we do practically? Yes, Dee Dee
6: going to say that and he also tells us to pray without ceasing and if you take that to heart you're really talking to him all day and therefore he's involved and in, you know what we think is mundane and dull he's still involved because you're praying without ceasing with all all of your activities all your thoughts so, no easy task but um, if we can stay in communication with him all through our day and I think we're doing a lot better.
0: So, praying without ceasing, talking to God constantly throughout your day keeps God in your mind. About that. Yes?
6: It just reminds me that Paul is always kind of giving these long list and very comprehensive because um, our whole life, our heart and soul and mind and strength, everything we do it's a holistic approach. It's not compartmentalized into... Some things are just things we do, and other things we are serving the Lord. Everything is an
0: opportunity to, uh, everything is, like Tim said, a, a way, the good thing for us to do today, whether it's your routine, or okay. I like that you use that com- not car- compartmentalized thing, too, because I think, I don't know, can't speak for the ladies, but I know guys tend to compartmentalize things. Uh, I can. I mean, I can really just focus on one thing at a time during the day. Like, I'm doing this. This is all I can do right now. I can't think about the other thing. So, but we really got to work on that. Uh, what else? Anything else? All right. We looked at good. <clears throat> so good. So we got some. Just keeping our whole kind of the holistic view of ourselves, body, mind, spirit, always worshiping and honoring God and then praying without ceasing are good, uh, great, uh, practical things that we could be doing. Okay, great. So now that we've looked at uh, the subtle but very serious sin of ungodliness or uh, godlessness, uh, we, we know we should plan and pray and be productive with God in our hearts and minds at all times that we can be more godly. Let's uh, move on to the second respectable sin of our lesson, which is unthankfulness. And I don't know why word, the Word uh, program kept trying to un- uh, co- say this is misspelled. Uh, very strange. But unthankfulness can. I have, well, I'm going to read an example. I'm going to read this one from Luke. This is an example of unthankfulness from Scripture. and um, I don't think many of us are going to struggle exactly the same way as the scripture. Uh, Luke 17, 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. That's Jesus. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. very sad point that nine out of ten lepers cleansed and healed of the leprosy neglected to thank God and give them proper respect and, uh, for their healing. Uh, healing, uh, by the way, that allows them to now be part of society once again. Um, be part of their families once again. Uh, and be normal. But how much more miraculous is the healing of our soul that the Lord blesses us with? And do we remember to thank him? Do we remember to praise him each and every day for what he's done for us? Romans one twenty one clearly identifies this as an area of sin that leads to our further degradation. For although they knew God, they did not honor him or give honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in thinking, and their foolish hearts were just, were darkened. I think it's pretty obvious that we should strive to be grateful to such a holy and gracious God. But for some reason, we all at times forget what he's done, and we start to grumble, 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 right? Whenever I start to get grumbly about my own circumstances, it's always a good thing to explicitly sit down and look for the ways to be thankful to God, Uh, there's an old hymn, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One By One. Uh, I remember from when I was a kid. Uh, I should remember it daily, but uh, so when I get grumbly, I start thinking about um, ways that I can be thankful to God. And obviously, the most pressing thing to be thankful for is my very own salvation. Can I have someone read Ephesians 1 3 through 14? It's a longer passage, but just listen to how much we should be thankful for in this passage. Who's going... Thanks, Jimmy.
7: Our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. Until we acquire possession of it, to the praise
0: of His glory. I don't know. What do we have to be thankful for, people? It's quite a bit, there, isn't it? I mean, we've been adopted, and we've been saved. Uh, we're going to be inherit- inheriting. Just this is so full of things to be grateful for. This is something we need to run back to every single day and give thanks to Jesus for what he's done for us. Think for a minute about your own personal salvation and what God saved you from. And a lot of us probably might have grown up in church and might not feel like, oh, I did like some terrible things, but you might have been self-righteous and you might have had hatred in your heart. You might have been depressed. Um... You might have struggled uh, in your in your thinking, your purity of thought. Uh, if you didn't grow up in church, well, or even if you did, you might have struggled with drug abuse, or uh, pornography, stealing, murderous thoughts. Well, the ugly list could go on and on of things that all of us have struggled with in in our lives. It's vile. We were we were so vile before Christ saved us, that we were counted enemies to God. Not just passively unaware of God, or, but actual enemies who were alienated and hostile in your mind, doing evil deeds, but while we were still sinners. Christ died for us and reconciled us in his body of flesh by his death. We have so much to be thankful for in salvation alone. But there's so much more to be thankful for, too. We can also be thankful for all the blessings of good things that he's done. Very common blessing of just wonderful things. Can I have two volunteers? One for Acts seventeen twenty five and one for James one seventeen. Thanks, Jeff. You want to take Acts seventeen twenty five? And Joshua James one seventeen, please.
8: Served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath
0: and everything. Thanks, and yes.
8: every good thing given and every perfect
2: gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lakes, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow.
0: So the Lord, of course, blesses us with our very life and breath. Our jobs, our families, nature, good food, friends. The list could go on and on and on. And many of these are common blessings that people that don't know Christ can experience as well. Right? Uh, But we know where they come from. The Bible's clear. They come from God. Every good gift comes from God. The Israelites were warned in Deuteronomy, and we are too, that... Forgetting to thank him might cause us to say in our hearts, uh, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me these things. That would be foolish. That would be prideful. That would be dumb. We have received all these good things from God. When we go home today and have lunch with our mothers, if we can, or if your kids are having lunch with you, I mean, God gave you that family. God gave you the, the means to buy that lunch. God gave you, gave, gave us all the food there that's sitting there. Um, and we should be thankful. We should be thankful. And we're going to have a chance to do that a little later here. Not only are we going to be thankful for the blessing of salvation and the blessing of good things, but this one's tough. The word commands us to be thankful for the blessings of trials. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, what circumstances are we supposed to give thanks for? All. All. Getting old, guys. Uh, All circumstances. All circumstances, but... Man, yeah, sometimes our circumstances aren't that great. Why, according to that verse, are we supposed to be giving thanks for all circumstances? That's going to come up. Right here it says it's the will of God, right? The will of God. God told us to. That should be good enough. That doesn't make it easier, though. It doesn't make it easier. Uh, it's not easy to be thankful when you're going through a trial. When you're going through something tough, it's, you know, we are, I think part of the problem is that we are so, um, I was talking to my brother about this yesterday, uh, being, struggling with having that eternal focus on life versus the temporal focus on life, because the pain, the trial is right here, right now, in your face, and heaven's, ways off for us. And it's hard to think with that big thought in mind when this is right here, right now. The pain and struggles, uh, even death, are all here and they're all terrible. And they're happening now. Uh, But God tells us uh, that it is our will to give thanks, His will to give thanks in all circumstances. But He also kindly gives us more Uh, help with this that's the the uh next passage is romans 28 uh uh, 28 and 29 38 and 39 and we know that for those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers so, we see here that God is working this out for our good. But how is, like, how is, like, you, you think about what's going on now. How is this for my good? Again, we're, we don't see the big picture. We don't see what God's got planned down the road. But he does. He's merciful and tells us that part of that is to be conformed in the image of his son. Whatever's going on right now is going to help you be more like Christ. If you can lean on God and be obedient, you're going to end up, in the long run, being more like Christ. So, this is the encouragement here. God is kind here. He could just say, leave it at, I told you, you, this is it. Just do it because I said so. But he said, no, okay, I told you, I want you to do this because... I want you to be more like my son, and I'm going to help you do that through this trial. This is what's going to. This is going to be the end result. You don't see it now. You're going to have a hard time seeing it now, but this is the end result. <clears throat> I'm going to keep reading that passage, for I'm sure uh, paragraph, uh, paragraph, verses 38 and 39, and. And Romans eight continue. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things comes, nor things, nor powers. I'm stumbling over my words. Slow down. Nor height, nor depth, nor any else in all anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's another kindness, a grace that God has given us in these trials. Is these trials going to separate us from God? No. Are these guys are is death the death of a loved one? Is that gonna take God away from us? No. Is me getting fired from my job, is that gonna take God away from me? No. God is God is here. If if you are saved, God's not leaving you. God's always there. I take take comfort in that. I mean, you know, you might have in your lifetime had some Lame friends that left you in a heartbeat, like things go bad, and they're like, "See ya." God's not like that. He is. He is there to the end because uh, He's seeing you through and working through this uh, this uh, sanctification all the way through the end until it's completed. <clears throat> Again, I said we can only see the here and now, right now. That's all, that's our. It's a control issue for us when we struggle to be thankful in trials. It's us wanting to like if we don't know what's going on, right? We don't see what's going on, and we think that we should be able to see what's going on. That's a control issue. That's 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 a problem. <laughs> that's pride. That's thinking I'm I I should be up here with God. God's making the plans. I should be co-planning with God here. This should be He should let me in on this uh, and, and help me understand a little better. No, that's not how it works. Um, so we step back. Um, this is. A dumb thing I used to hear when I was a kid. I wouldn't bank on this, but let go and let God kind of a thing. Well, in a sense, there is a little bit of that, right? You are, this God is in control. You're not. Let him be in control and follow him. It's also a faith issue. If we are to believe Romans, we need to believe wholeheartedly that God is using these circumstances to conform us more in the image of Christ, and secondly, that God still loves us, and nothing, no amount of trial or tribulation, can remove his love from us. All right. Yes? Again, You're not okay. butting in. Oh, I can um, use more time.
5: One of our um, pastor elders coined the term having a thank fest. Bam, <laughs> this one right here. <laughs> Which is really a great way to, to trigger a mind and to say, okay... Things are going bad. It's time for a thank fest, that's, that's and I wonderful. found, specifically after Smokey passed away, when sleeplessness was a plague, um, it was easy to just roll into. I'm going to start thanking the Lord, mm-hmm. and just lay there thanking Him. Thank Him. There's just always something that you can be thanking Him for, you know. Yes. And it's e- anyway. So thank f- have time to have a thank fest. That's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, um, similarly, uh, like last year, I was having a complaining heart about something and somebody said, here, I want you to take these passages and I want you to look for everything to be thankful for. You need to be thankful. And uh, it's very encouraging to to see that. So, praying, having a thank-fest, reading your Bible, having a thank-fest. Yes?
9: Especially this week, I'm a sister. I'm I'm my home teacher in Texas. And she would remind me. She said, "You know, if it's control thing it's really about trusting God." Mm-hmm. And then today this morning, when Pastor Tom Pennington was sharing for Countryside Bible Church, he was saying one of the ways we uh, God loves us, which just read that, but also one way that we can demonstrate our love to God is mm-hmm. enduring through trials. And I'd never heard that before. I thought, wow, that's a different way to look at trials instead of so just I know God loves me through this. I know He's sanctifying me, which is awesome. But then, my way of, I can demonstrate, you know, practically my love to God who is actually glory to the trial and having that thankful heart.
0: Thanks. Good, you
6: yeah, know what Patty said about um, godlessness, and I was thinking also unthankfulness is thanklessness when we just are not thanking God for everything, um, like we everything <laughs> I mm-hmm. to about it holistically, because. Um, I grumble a lot too and I've had a lot of pity parties the last couple of years, lots of changes in my life and um, I'm thankful that God has revealed himself. That goes right back to the blessings of salvation and other things that just knowing that God exists and knowing and for him to reveal himself to us and choose us to be his children, then we do know God's will and he's revealed his will to us so we don't have to even guess about God's will um, because it's very well known if we read the Bible and then we can be thankful because I wrestle with God's providence feeling like why did these bad things happen instead of being thankful that God is indeed in control and providentially working his will in my life through my trials I just have gained such a new understanding of that in the last couple of years because of more trials or more more struggle with these trials and more wrestling with it. But God faithfully keeps revealing himself. Yeah.
2: Terry? Uh, one, of, one of the things I've been reminded of in seeing trials of blessings is in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 1 where Paul is describing and calling... God, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, and verse 3. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on in verse 4 to say, uh, Of God, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, mm-hmm. with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Um, and just being reminded that there's such a blessing in being in trial to receive comfort, to trust God's comfort, and then God not only. That's it, just rests on us, but uses us to comfort others with the same comfort. Yes. Yeah. A really good way of seeing things when we're in trials
5: or
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yep.
5: One thing Psalm 69 30. Psalm 69 30. <laughs> I will praise the name of God with song, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. So it brings glory to him for us to have thankful hearts. Yeah. That's a really great verse. Yep. Singing and being thankful. What a life to live.
0: Yeah. <clears> to <throat> be clear, uh, so you Psalm 69, 30, and Terry, you said 2 Corinthians 1, 4, correct? And Jeff? we I a night and reading, version of the night,
8: morning by morning we're reading it at night. But one of the things that Lucy's pointing out, one of his main themes, is it's very heaven-focused. It's pointing our attention to eternity. And I feel like that's something that often gets lost as we are in the world. I and mean, you think of, um, look not on things of the earth, but on things above. And I think we, get, we forget that a lot of times. But providentially, yesterday's was about trials. And one of the kind of, there's a lot of little pithy quotes about, but basically it was, this is a short, temporary, momentary affliction. And one of the quotes I thought was good was something like, you may be wearing a thorny crown of trials right now, but. Just in a few days, metaphorically, you know, it'll be tricked. You know, you'll have a starry friend. And so in terms of one of the ways to deal with how to be, when we're unthankful, it's, it's being thankful and remembering what we have in eternity. And that's not far off and it's going to be for eternity and it's going to be so much better than what we have here. And everything's going to then be seen in a proper sense. Right now it seems like something really intense and hard, and it might be in this time period. But in the grand scheme of things, we will be looking back and think, oh, that was such a light momentary affliction. I thought that it was super helpful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah, I think it's important. I had an opportunity to clarify my statement from earlier so I don't mislead anybody. When I said that I made a career choice without seeking God, but he still blessed me, is not giving anybody a license to do what you want. You don't expect blessings. So I apologize. To him. So the complete story is: Yes, he did bless me, but being the good shepherd that he is, he shut that door. Yeah. And he'll either smack you with that crook right away or go, "Oh, go as far as what? and that's fine enough." He pulled me back. So yeah. please, don't misunderstand
0: what i said, Do what you want, want, and expect
4: God's blessing. That ain't going to happen. Okay. It's
0: true. Okay. Right? Yeah. No problem. All right, so we've seen uh, these struggles of ungodliness and unthankfulness, or we want to change the terminology if you want, uh, we hopefully have, have some ideas how to combat these sins within ourselves. Uh, I would encourage each and every one of you who struggles with these sins or any other sin to address that sin, identify it, confess it, recognize your need for Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, and find more appropriate Uh, more appropriate scriptures to read to memorize and to meditate on and to involve your brothers and sisters in Christ have them help have them to help you be accountable but I thought it would be a great idea to have um, I'm going to coin the term I'm going to copy the term thank fest uh, to I thought it'd be a great idea to have a little bit of a thank fest prayer time to end our lesson today as we try to uh, address any struggles we might have with unthankfulness, uh, we should combat that by thanking God. Uh, so I thought it would be great if we, we can spend some time in, in prayer together, uh, thanking him uh, for his, our, sal- our salvation um, and any blessings that we might have received, um, any common blessings. Or, or even if you're feeling comfortable with thanking him uh, for a trial that you're going through but i thought it'd be great if we would just share um, just thank yous to the lord uh, for what he's done for us as a church body Uh, just think just pray out loud um, whatever you're thankful for tim can you start us off and then i'll close in a couple minutes and just kind of do a preview again a re-preview of the next couple of lessons
1: you have uh, addressed our hearts with some um, some tough uh, kind of spotlight on what's going on in our hearts. We thank you that in Christ you have made all the provision for our sins. And um, the, the debt has been canceled so that as painful as it can be for you to identify sin and to show it to us, um, it's already paid in full. There's no harm to us in finding more sin if it's really there there's no um, there's no dread or no fear because your perfect love has cast out fear we thank you for the gospel and we thank you for how it secures us to be honest to be just relentlessly honest about sin and we thank you for how you are so faithful to show it to us because of your loving purposes in our life
5: praise and thank you, Father, that you fixed the one thing that we couldn't fix, our sin problem, and that we now have peace with you. We praise and thank you for the joy that brings each one of us.
9: Thank you for your work. Spirit and your son, Jesus. And also the gift of song that we can worship you even in the midst of our trials. Just like David said. Why are you so cast down, my like, so hope in God, you trust in Him. And Father, yes, we do go through hard times, but we know that you're in it and with us. And we're going to go through it. Because you said, I'd never leave you for Satan. I've always been with you you're in the brain of the age. And thank you for that. when remember we have a body of Christ. We have fellowship with the believers, not only here, but wherever in the world. Thank you for your listening, and what you brought forth. Thank you for the teachers here, the pastor here, and the members here. God bless this church. Amen. Thank you for your
0: great patience, your love and mercy, and grace that you show on us when we do fall into godless thinking
9: you in so many ways. So Lord, we just thank
0: you so much for the forgiveness that you give in Christ and for your patient endurance as you seek to grow us into more Christ-likenesses.
2: Father, we thank you for trials um, and the refining fire that you put us through. Lord, we thank you that you um, you are cleansing us, you are purifying us of impurities, of, of godlessness. Uh, we pray that you would continue to transform us into Christ-likeness, into godly people, as we are the saints that you have called us to be. Um, we thank you for hope in, in the heavenly places. So we thank you for hope uh, of being with you um, as we endure trials here uh, in this temporary world. We thank you that we have a joy that is set before us um, to be with our Savior Jesus Christ. We thank you for that Lord,
3: we marvel how you not only uh, purified us through our Son, but you have adopted us, given us more than we could ever dream, more than asked through becoming children uh, serve you
0: Father God, we thank you so much for this morning, and for the the word that you give us from your word, and for uh, the wisdom that you've given the author Jerry Bridges in dealing with some of these issues. God, thank God, I thank you so much for your infinite patience that you have. Um, yeah, you have taken uh, a bunch of sinners who shook our fists at you and, and you have rescued us and you are working in us to, to conform us into the image of your son and I know how impatient I can be um, just teaching my own son or my own students that I just you're so kind and gracious father to work with each of us and work through each of us to slowly help us to see where where the areas are in our hearts that are dark and you know just not really doing Your will, God, just as You start to sh- slowly shape us and turn us towards You, um, You're just patient, and um, I just really am thankful for that, God, because uh, I just feel like I personally have taken so long to to get things (laughs) father and and just merciful and gracious god i just ask that you'd help each of us here today um, and those on the live cast and at home or those who couldn't be here that you just help us to recognize areas where we are godless we're not thinking about you put that put you on our minds cause us to think of you um this is a relationship <clears throat> and if we're not thinking of you it's like as if we're not in the relationship we we need to be in conversation with you daily we need to be in the word and in prayer with you daily so convict us when we are being ungodly and convict us when we're being ungrateful uh, help us to, to thank you for your many gifts whether it's the small mundane things or the huge trials or things like salvation. You've done so much for us. Help us to remember and thank you. Father God, be with us today in your name. Amen. Um, As you can see, there's the outline for the next couple of weeks there. And if you go to a home fellowship group tonight, there are some discussion questions at the bottom of your outline. If you don't go, you can still answer them on your own. Uh, There's slight things to think about regarding our subject today. All right. Thanks.